Today is February 25th, 2016, and I'm Lynette Benton at Belmont Story Project. About to interview Carla O'Brien. Thank you, Carla. Just want to ask you a few questions. Um, where did you grow up? In England, in the town of Eton, which is near Windsor Castle, and uh, the famous boys' school is, is in Eton, and my father taught there. So were you able to see Windsor Castle? I could see it from the window of my bedroom. Oh, how nice. <laughs> it was. It was lovely. What was it like living there? It was strange. It was a rather rarefied childhood because, uh, I mean, apart from anything else, my mother was foreign. She was Czech. And my father was a country boy who came to teach at a very elegant school. So he was out of place. And... Um, we were rather isolated. We lived in a house which was called Sanatorium Cottage, <laughs> which of course is very strange. And it was next door to the school sanatorium, which was the infirmary. Yes. And um, it was uh, away from the main school buildings. It was about a half a mile away. Yes. So did you meet other children in the neighborhood? Not much, no, very little. And also because we, he taught at a private school, we actually had, I had to go to a private school myself. Yes. And so my education was very curious, and I was taught privately by a woman who lived at Windsor Castle for two years. I went by, on my bicycle to over about two miles to school, and uh, that was really interesting, and it was enjoyable, but it was isolated again. Yes. I just was, had another fellow, uh, her daughter was a student with me. So just the two of so you. So basically it was just the two of us. And how old were you during those two years? From 10 to 12. And then the princesses who had been living at Windsor Castle went back to, to Buckingham Palace because the war was over. And um, I went on to another school, to a real school for a change. Yes, yes, where you met other children. Well, I met other children, but I was again, aware, it was in London, and so I was, didn't meet children close to home. Yes. So how would you describe yourself as a child? I was timid. I was very shy. I still am. And I... Um, yeah, I was, t I was shy and quiet. I was bookish. I was always a serious student. I was always, I don't know, I was brought up in a family that um, took life seriously in a way. My mother was a, was a scholar herself, and oh. she had a PhD in philosophy wow. from Vienna. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, an academic household, serious-minded, intellectual. Yes. Intellectual household, exactly. And I had two older brothers. And uh, one of them was also very academic. The other one, not so much so. But he's the one who's made money in the family. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lesson in that, I guess. Yes. OK. Uh, what's uh, the worst incident you remember from your childhood? Oh. OK, the best. <laughs> Either one. Gosh, that's really hard to say. Um, I don't I don't usually think in terms of best. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed life when I was young. I enjoyed the countryside a lot, and I used to go for walks and look for birds' nests. And I even um, drew a map of all the birds' nests I could find wow. in the lands around our neighborhood, wow. which I now have hanging on my wall. Really? Yes, I oh, do. That's, that's fascinating. <laughs> so um, what was your experience of the war? Well, it didn't affect us all that much because we were out of London, and the Germans, when they bombed, uh, they went to all the major cities, and most of the bombs that dropped near us are just sort of scattered uh, 
were dropped, I think, on their way back to Germany, uh, mm -hmm. were dropping things that they had left over when they were sort of escaping back to, to yes. home the base. Yes. So we had, it was sort of um, an off and on. Every now and again, the bomb dropped somewhere nearby. But we weren't really frightened. In fact, I wasn't frightened of that until after the war, <laughs> when I was a little older, and I started having nightmares. Really? Yeah, it was interesting. About bombings? Not so much about, about bombing, but no, about German soldiers. It was just wow. curious. Yeah. Did you ever see German soldiers no, in your neighborhood? No, no, never, never. But we had refugees. We had lots of refugees who came through the house. Mm, yes. And they were Czech, or some perhaps were German, but they were, you know, Jewish and yes. doing, so my mother became a way station for them to, yes. <laughs> to, get, to get landed in England. Okay, so what has been your work as an adult? Well, you may not realize what it was, but I was, I was an editor. I never said that in front of Maria. For? I've, for various places, but I worked for Ginnan Company here. I worked for um, the MIT Press mm -hmm. and for a search group at Harvard and MIT. And then later in life, I worked for a consulting company. Yes. What's a search group? They would, it was called the Joint Center for Urban Research, oh, yeah. for Urban Studies of MIT and Harvard. Right, so a research group. A research, right. yes. Okay. Yes, no, okay. I'm sorry. Yes, I know yeah. about their work. Oh, you know about their work? I most certainly It was a do. great place to work. Yeah. It was really interesting. So what lessons do you think your work life has taught you? Oh, it's taught me a lot about politics and social science. I mean, I've become very much interested in social issues. I always have been, I think, but um, particularly, I mean, that really encouraged that. And I became very aware of the political scene because the uh, director of the place when I was first hired uh, was Pat Moynihan, who became mm -hmm. senator from New York yes. and who worked in the White House for a while under Nixon. Yeah. And he took his secretary with him. So we became very much aware of... Oh, there were also professors attached to the center who sure. would testify in, in Washington often. Yes. So we knew a lot about what was going on. So you were editing policy documents? Uh, all sorts of things. Articles? Uh, articles. Um, I edited PhD theses that students had been mm -hmm. writing, uh, articles that professors were writing, even yes. drafts of manuscripts. I also wrote um, annual reports for, for the center and yeah. things like that. So was your workload heavy? Uh, not too heavy. It was manageable. You could manage it. Yeah, it was in, those were the days when you weren't forced to work too hard. Right, right. And it was, uh, right. Um, was there a teacher or teachers or a mentor, anyone like that, who had a particularly strong influence on your life? There really was, yes. There was someone called uh, Oh, I can't remember what his name was now, but he, Birnbaum, not Norman Birnbaum, who was teaching at the LSC when I was there. And explain he, what the LSC is. Hmm? Explain what the LSC is. Oh, the LSC is. is the London School of Economics right. and Political Science, and I was an undergraduate there, and then I worked there as a research assistant for a year. But I had a professor who encouraged me to think of coming to the United States. Why he did, I can't remember now, but um, he really led me to want to come and he helped me engineer um, a scholarship. So I, I got a tuition scholarship at the University of Chicago, and I even got a, tra a, a Fulbright travel grant wow. to, to travel. 
and it was in steerage, mind you, but it was or just about, right. but it was nonetheless, it was took me there and back. And so I had an absolutely fascinating year in, in Chicago. So what did you study in Chicago? Well, I, was a, I had majored in sociology in London, and so that's what I was supposed to be doing. Um, I wrecked my academic career because I decided the sociology as they did it was terribly boring. So I and I was much more interested in learning about the United States. So I went and took lectures in the history department, which were fascinating. And they had Daniel Boston was teaching, who you know, in a big yes. name. And he was there was another one who taught political um, history history of politics, who was fascinating. And I just lapped it up. I just thought it was absolutely wonderful. So then, what did you do when you went back to England? I went back, and right away I went back to work for the professor I'd been working on as a research assistant. And then um, that came to an end, and I went and got a job at the BBC. Ah, okay. So, yeah. Okay. What's your ethnic background? It's a mix of English and Czech. Okay. And you said before your mother's family was from Czechoslovakia. That's right. And your father's was from the English countryside. From the English countryside, yes. How do you think those two personalities and backgrounds played out in your childhood? Well, uh, I think it was complicated. They, I mean, I think they were. A, it was a bad match, really. They made it through till the end of their lives, and became very dependent on each other. But they were not really. I mean, they were both very intelligent people, both very cultured, but. Um, they just had a different view of life. Mm -hmm. And my mother was frustrated. She was endlessly frustrated. She felt that she had, her life was boring, that people around her in England were, were not very interesting people. And uh, she, missed, she missed the cultural life she'd known. Yes, yes. Did she go back and pick up cultural threads after her children were adults? Well, by that time, the communists had taken over. So that was basically, the, you know, it was well, cut off. I didn't mean go back to Czechoslovakia. No. I mean just go back to those interests, theater and intelligent conversation or whatever it was. Well, she did. She, all, all along, she developed friendships in London Good. and got to know people in London. And yeah. so she did have some outside life, yeah. That probably saved her sanity. It might have, but, you know, the funny thing was that she had a fascinating life in Eton. I've read her letters and... <laughs> She grumbled constantly, but I thought, you know, she just did amazing things. She had all these wow. friends, and she enjoyed herself, it seemed, but at the same time, she was complaining. <laughs> so, Okay, and your father had certain stresses as well, because he was a country boy, and now he was in this very upper-class, sophisticated right. environment. Right. Did he ever talk about any of that? No, he never did. He never did. But my mother had no real interest in his family, and so as a child, I never met his relatives, any of them. And it was only really when he died that I did, wow. when I went to his funeral. And I became friendly with my cousins and my uh, aunts, and uh, it was uh, just incredible. Yeah. Okay. Can you talk about some of the big, biggest obstacles you overcame in life? It's a hard one. I developed MS and... Later I, in life? Later in life, yeah, when I was in my 50s. Well, but the other before that, of course, we tried to have a child and couldn't, 
and so in the end we adopted. But that um, that worked out so well that uh, that I don't really have any regrets. And I have to say that the doctors in the children's hospital, uh, when our little baby was there, were quite wonderful people, and I, I found that um, uplifting. Yes. Even though it, even though it ended badly. Yes. You yes. know, but I was just so inspired by them that it was. That's, that's good. The um. It seems as if, I mean, you could consider the obstacle not being able to have children, mm -hmm. but then you overcame that right. wonderfully and yes, successfully, right. right? Okay, how about one of your greatest accomplishments? Gosh, it's always, I, hate, I always hate to, I don't think about myself that much. You well, know, you've actually way. mentioned some, but yeah, I can understand. But um, I was a very good student, but I always felt disappointed that I never carried it on to a real serious career. I never became a professional other than, I mean, I was an editor, but it, it's not quite the same. As, as being a? Well, as being a doctor or, you know, something. I, was, I admire doctors. I don't know that I'd ever be one or could be one, but I admire them. How about professors? Would um, you have ever considered I being a professor? I never considered being a professor. No, and interestingly, when I was a student, people thought I would go on to have an academic career. Yes. And I thought, I don't know why. I don't know what I have to say, you know? So I, I dismissed it. <laughs> in fact, one of the things, what the biggest, in fact, perhaps the biggest disappointment in my life, I think, was that, and this was true even in school, I never, I was always good at everything, but I never had one passion yes. that was it that related to a career. Yes. And if I fell into publishing actually by, by accident when I came here a second time and I needed to find a job. I was at a party one time and a young man who worked for Ginn uh, said, well, have you considered publishing? And I said, well, no, I haven't. And he said, gave me the name of his boss and he said, why don't I call up? Wow. And I th so I did. And they thought I knew grammar because I was English. Yes, but, of course. But that's, but that's actually not true. <laughs> so, because American grammar is different from English Quite. grammar. So, but you got the job. But I got the job. And you were able to do it. And I was able to do it, yes. How long were you there? Well, again, I was there for about 18 months, and then they closed our department. Yes. So then I actually worked at a, one or two different jobs for a short while and got ended up at MIT Press. Now, how do you spell Gin? Sorry, which? How do you spell the name of that publishing company? Gin, G-I-N-N. G-I-N-N, and where were they located? They were located in the Statler building, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, well, I mean, the building does, uh, in um, Park Square, I think it's called, yes. in Boston. Yeah. So at this point in your life, what are some of the things you hope for or would like to do or accomplish? Well, I might try to finish writing some memoirs. I'm not sure as a memoir itself, but as a sort of little stories about my life. Mm -hmm. And You um, might try? Well, no, I mean, obviously, I'm trying. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you were disappointed if I didn't say that. Right. <laughs> but, um, no, I... Also, I would like to try to um, sort through my mother's letters, of which there are very many. Yes. And also, she has a lot 
photographs from our childhood, which are quite wonderful. So, Have you taken a stab at the letters yet? Oh, I have, yes. Oh, yes, I've taken several stabs, Great. but there are quite a few of them, and I have yeah. to get them really organized. Yes. So, so you're organizing by date? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know the people she was writing to? Well, many of the ones that I'm thinking of were written to family members. Yes. But also, no, I knew some of the, I knew some of her friends, yeah. yeah but uh, others that's not. That's And of course, she wrote letters in Czech to her Czech friends, and I can't read any of those. Yeah. That's, a, that's yeah. beyond Yeah, they'd beyond have me. to be translated. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but, is there anything else you would like to tell us that I haven't asked you about? Well, I don't know. I can't think what I might tell you. Well, I don't want to rattle these pages, so that's why I'm not going <laughs> back. But... Um, Recently, your daughter got married. Yes, she and did. And that was a very pleasing uh, oh, event for you. Wonderful. And yes. creative. Yes, yes, it, it was. Creative. Unusual. Yes. Very good. Uh, now, where is she and her husband living? They're living in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, so you get to see them. They're oh, close yes. enough. Oh, yes, and we're, in fact, celebrating my birthday this Saturday. Great. <laughs> so, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, we're done, we're at done. least for now. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, dear. You're welcome. Yeah.